ladies and gentlemen. Hi. All right, folks, it is Ricky Baez. You're listening to the HR Talk Podcast. And I'm talking to you from the A1A Beachfront Studios in beautiful Central Florida, Orlando, for those of you who do not know. And welcome, welcome to the latest episode. Folks, there is a lot going on in the world today, especially in the HR world. I mean, I'm just going to dive right into it. Let's talk about these strikes, right? Let's just Let's just talk about it right now. There is a lot of union activity, a lot more than what I have seen in quite some time. I mean, you have the Writers Guild that were on strike. Now they're kind of coming off it. And then you have the automakers, right? The top three in Detroit. They are striking and striking even more. And now I just saw a couple of videos where um, there were some people, what they call scabs. For those of you who don't know, a scab uh, in the union world is somebody where the organization, the employees are striking. And scabs are people who either cross the picket line to go back to work or people they hired from other areas that are not unionized to do the work while the employees are on strike. So anyway, there's a lot of videos of uh, of uh, people just, just being mean to other people because they decided to go to work. But folks, a lot of it is happening, right? You got Kaiser Permanente. There's a union uh, um, with Kaiser Permanente in the, uh, in the healthcare field. About 75,000 healthcare workers will strike <laughs> next week if a deal doesn't come through. So there is a lot happening. And folks, I'm going to say this about unions, right? And I, I know I've said, it, I've said this on the show in the past, and I'll say it right now. I, as an HR professional, do not like the idea of unions. I don't like dealing with them because, in my opinion, um, they 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 get in the they get in the way of, of of progression. Right? That has been my history. Now that said, I do understand why they exist. If you don't take care of what's important to your employees, your employees are not going to take care of what's important to you, and then they form unions, right? Because they form unions because they feel they're not heard. They form unions because they feel like there's – it's actually – I'm going to say what the, um, what the auto workers unions were saying. CEOs of these organizations have enjoyed years, years, and millions and millions of profit, and those profits are not being shared. Look, I'm not here to justify for or against unions. I'm here to say, pay people what they're worth, right? If you have record-breaking profits, share those profits, right? Because you will never have those profits if it wasn't for the employees to make those profits happen. But all I'm saying is, folks, for organizations out there that have not been unionized on, learn from what's happening right now. Learn from what's happening, folks, because it, it's um, um, right now there's a lot of labor that's walking out because they don't feel like they're being heard. They don't feel like they're being taken um, care of. And as a result, is you see this. And I don't know what's going to happen. I know the uh, union is asking for an 80% increase in their in their pay in, over the next six years, which that's insane. That That, that is an insane increase. But that's what they're asking for, and or and and these two entities, right, which is the uh, the union and the automotive industry, really have to come to the table and and come to an accord. Because let me tell you, work stoppage hurts everybody. The people who are on strike, which you know they have their reasons, the organizations because they're not making any money, and the consumer that keeps those organizations alive. So a lot of that is happening right now. My message to everybody out there is just take care of what's important to your employees, and your employees will take care of what's important to you. Now, 
Switching gears. Next week, I know this is airing on Sunday, uh, but next week on October 1st, I'm going to be at the Maryland Sherm Annual State Conference. This is on October 1st. Um, this is at the Hyatt Regency Chesapeake Bay Golf Resort Spa and Marina. Boy, I can't wait. Um, and uh, uh, it's I'm going to be there for their annual conference um, for the Rising Tides of HR, October 1st through the 3rd. Johnny C. Taylor is going to open up the event. You're also going to have Rachel Drunkenmiller as a uh, as a keynote speaker. And you're going to have myself, Ricky Bias, as a closing keynote speaker for the event. Tickets are still available. Go to MarylandSherm.org. That's Maryland, the state, and then Sherm.org, and you'll be able to register. Tickets are still available, but this is going to shut down pretty soon because this event, it's it's just going to be awesome. I just can't wait to be a... uh, to be in Maryland, I got some great friends there, and it's uh, it's it's just all about great time. Now, that said, folks, I have a special guest today. The person that um that that I'm going to interview today, her name is Paz Criado. She is the managing director at Field Point Private, which is a it's which is she's a commercial banker, um, and, and so she's a leader in that space. And her story is amazing, right? It, it's it. It really is. I'm not going to say it right now. I'll let her tell it. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further delay, here's Paz Criado. Check it out. Paz Criado, how are you? Hey, Ricky. I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. Now, I I understand that you just got back from an amazing vacation. So, you went to Disney? Is that where you went? No, no. That's when I was little. <laughs> where, where we went you... to the adult Disney. Ooh, where's well, that? I just came back from a girl's trip from Punta Cana. Punta Cana, Dominican Amazing Republic. Oh. Yes, sir. Now, have you been Nothing there before? Like, you know, yes, yes. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I always say that probably one of my retirement places will be Punta Cana. I what? actually start looking at some uh, some properties down there, and I'm like, you know, it. it I always remember my father took me to Punta Cana for the first time when I was 14 years old. And I remember thinking, even back then, I'm like, if I close my eyes and I ever thought about what paradise would look like, um, it was Punta Cana. When I was there, I was like, wow, this looks like paradise. So it, it's still to today, one of the places that, you know, uh, I, I would love to retire down there. Now, mm-hmm. I, I've been there about five times, right? And each time I say the same thing. I'm going to retire here because it is just gorgeous. The people, the food, the environment, it is just such an awesome place to go. So, yeah, when you told me that, I got jealous there, Paz. I was like, man, I wish I was going to Punta Cana. But you know what? I don't think you were the only one. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you were not holding back when you told people, guess where I'm going next week? Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. I have some clients calling me and I'm like, sorry, I can't talk right now. It's like, where are you? I'm like, Punta Cana. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, leave her alone. You're good. Excellent. Well, Paz, thank you very much for coming on the show. I first met you at Disrupt HR for Orlando 14.0, um, where you was a speaker there, and then you and I started talking, and you have, I love your story. I love your story on how you started your career. So for everybody listening, can you tell everybody what you do right now, and how was it that you started in, in your current career path? Oh, you're taking me back in time right now. So currently, I'm a managing director for a private bank, uh, headed from Greenwich, Connecticut. We opened our offices in Florida right after pandemia. 
Mm-hmm. So I've been here a little bit, about to be three years now. Uh, but I actually started my career in banking 17 years ago. Oh. I know I'm aging myself right now. Okay. Uh, my son was about to be one, and um, I was bored at home. I was a stay-home mom, and I wanted to do something for myself. And uh, a friend of mine was working as a part-time teller for Bank of America. And she's like, hey, somebody, you know, we need, we need an additional person. Would you be interested in, you know, in, in coming to work uh, as a part-time teller? I'm like, well... You know, I have an associate in chemistry, so I have literally no idea about banking. But I'm like, why not? I'm like, you know, 20 hours a week. I'm like, give me something to do and extra money. And I'm like, yeah, sign me up for it. And that's how I started. And, you know, it, it was amazing. It was amazing that uh, not even six months after, after I started as a part-time teller, uh, my manager at the time uh, were looking for what they call a teller operation specialist. So it's kind of like the manager for the teller. Yeah. Um, and they asked me if I would be interested in taking the role. Again, my whole banking experience at that point was less than six months. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm like, if they're asking me, probably they see something in me that, you know, sometimes we don't see in ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I took the position and six months after that, I became a manager for a branch. And then that I was jumping from branch to branch to what I call fix and clean house. Um, okay. And then I did that for a few years, actually. I think three, four years I was in the, what we call in banking, the consumer side of the bank. Okay. And that was right back after, um, in 2000, I think 2010, uh, Bank of America decided to uh, reinvent, and when I say reinvent, um, prior to the 2008 crisis, Bank of America got away uh, or dissolved their small banking team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2010, they decided to put a team together again um, to service just uh, business banking or you know con- commercial uh, clients. And I was part of the, you know, they, they tapped me on the shoulder and they asked me if I was interested in, in becoming one of those teammates. And again, once again, I didn't know anything about commercial banking, but I'm like, sure, why not? I can learn. Um, and I started in 2010, probably 2011, uh, my career in, in business commercial banking. And here I am. So, so this is this is what I find fascinating. Right? I find this fascinating because you, you, your education. You said that you have a degree in chemistry, right? So, 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 what was I, your I career will, path? I, so, you wanted to be a chemist or scientist? I actually wanted when I what are you when I want to be when you're <laughs> well, I wanted to be a nuclear engineer. Oh wow! When I, okay. when I was little. Uh, but uh, in Argentina, uh, the college that teaches you um, that it's in South um, Argentina, and my mother will not allow me to move out of my house to go to college. I know different times, different, yeah, different times. country, different culture. Yeah. Um, so I went to medical school for one year. Other that was not what I wanted to do neither. <laughs> Got it. So the closest thing to to you know nuclear engineering that I could find in the college near my house was uh, uh, engineering chemistry. So um, wow. I decided to do that, and um, I graduated with an associate. I was on my path to you know to become uh, to have my bachelor's in, in or my engineering degree in chemistry. 
and then my father decided to move the entire family to the United States. Wow. Um, that was back in 2000. So we, yeah, out of nowhere, I was 21 years old, and my father decided that he was going to disrupt my life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and changed my entire future. Um, I will tell you that I was not very happy. And, okay. you know, what I'm going with this is sometimes you think the things happen to you are for the worst yeah. and actually are completely the opposite. Yeah. Right? So today, you know, it's an inside joke in the family that my dad always asks me. I'm like, you still hate me for moving you to America? And I'm like... <laughs> No, I think I, I own you my entire life and my career uh, for the decisions you made, you know, 23 years ago. So when I started working at Bank of America, um, but the manager that, you know, literally took me under his wing. Um, and I would love to name him because I'm eternally thanks, you know, thanks to him. Uh, because if it wasn't for him, I think I would have never uh, seek a career in, in, in banking. Yeah. His name is Jay Derula. And he was the one who, you know, um, put his faith on me. He saw something that, again, you know, I did not see on myself and took me under his wing. And he also uh, mentioned to me the Bank of America had a program where they will help me with my tuition if I decided to go back to school. Oh, okay. And as my career was career was growing in, in the banking industry, he's like, just, Think about, you know, if you want to do, you know, obviously it has to do something uh, that you can apply to work for Bank of America to to pay for a uh, portion of, of the studies. Yeah. And I decided to sign up for school, even though I was married, working full time, and we took it under the age of four. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, either I don't do nothing, I do it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I put myself, uh, I decided to sign up for college and I went to the University of Phoenix. Uh, and the reason why I chose that is because it was the only college at that point that I knew that I could do online classes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that was the only way for me to actually, you know, being able to, to put myself through, through college uh, yeah. at that point in my life with my busy schedule and being a mother of two young children. So I did that, and I graduated with a bachelor's in business management and, business, and another one in business administration. Wow! So, nice. It, you know, uh, so it was it was something that I would never saw when I was young that I was going to end up in banking. But hey, uh, here I am, and I did a career. And I, I today I can tell you that I love what I do, um, and and I encourage people to you know look into uh, a, a career in banking. Um, it's not just a teller or just, you know, a banker. Uh, people sometimes don't know, you know, the a lot of options that yeah. the banking industry has to offer you and what an amazing career you can you can take out of that. So let me ask you that because I know you, you mentioned earlier on the episode what you do for a living, but what does that actually mean? You and I went to lunch a couple of months ago and mm -hmm. you told me what you do and I'm like, I never thought of a service like that. I mean, it, it, it's I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you to, to let everybody know. What is it exactly that you do every day? So, what do I do? We, we do a lot of things uh, you uh -huh. know, during the day. But uh, in this particular bank uh, that I am today, it's a private bank, so it's more like a white lock service. So technically, if you think about um, like everything that has to do with a client that has a business, uh, from 
their checking accounts, their way they move their money in and out of their accounts, their loans, either to buy properties, to buy equipment, to grow their business, to acquire another businesses. So everything that has to do with the finance part of a business, mm-hmm. uh, that's what a commercial banker does. Uh, but I think what uh, differentiates me from, you know, uh, other commercial bankers per se, I think I, I build this type of relationship with my clients that they see me more as an advisor. Mm. Um, to the point that I have clients that, you know, are looking for CFOs, COOs um, for their companies, for HR persons. I'm like, they will today, my clients will come today and ask me first. If I know somebody or if I that. know a company or if I know the services that they can go ahead and, and, and you know, uh, reach out to uh, for them to fulfill all their needs in their business, which, when, you know, I, I love it. I have clients, they ask me to go to the board meeting uh, and sit down, you know, uh, on the table and, and have my input of the way they're running their business, the way they're running the finances of the business and all that. So. I think, uh, you know, today they see me both as an advisor, they just a commercial banker. Got it. So, so now, so back then, I mean, again, you wanted to be in the nuclear field, right? You wanted to be working with nuclear types uh, in a nuclear type of an environment, right? So now fast forward to right now, you're doing nothing to what you wanted to do now. That happens to a lot of people, right? A lot of people have an idea of what they want to do. And then life comes in and says, no, 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 no. You're going to do this, right? Do you ever find yourself in your career, wh- where you are right now in your career, do you ever find yourself wondering how, what kind of a nuclear doctor, a nuclear scientist you would have been? <laughs> Probably a terrible one. I don't see myself <laughs> locked in it. To be honest, I think that when, when I, actually when I was doing uh, the engineering chemistry, um, the, the last, six months of my associates, most of my work was, or my studies were uh, being locked inside a lab. Ah. And you met me, you know my personality. Yeah, that, that, that was, was not like, going to work. Maybe I'm quite, you know, exactly. I'm like, I don't see myself locking, you know, in the lab for 10 hours a day, not talking to anybody and yeah. looking, you know, at, at, at different uh, lab staff or, or, you know, uh, equipment. I'm like, yeah, probably not. So, um, even though I was still, you know, supposedly continue with my, with my bachelor's or my engineering degree in that, um, I was already starting, you know, questioning ah, my choices. Um, and, and then my father decided to move, you know, to the United States. So even though I was not happy, um, you know, I guess he also helped me to redirect myself into what I really wanted to do or what I do today. What I find yeah, no, nothing. I would have never thought about <laughs> being a banker uh, back home. But yeah. But you're killing it right now, right? You're an executive in your field, right? You 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 are being tapped on the shoulder. And and that's the part I want to harp on, right? It's not like you applied for these positions. Somebody came to you and said, You should go for this. Somebody came to you and said, You should try this. And you said yes. One of the things that I want to harp on that I want the listeners to really understand, and the students, because I also have students over at Rollins College who listen to this, that I really want them to understand is if you are being given an opportunity and you don't know how to fulfill that opportunity, you take the opportunity and you figure it out. And that's what you did. That's exactly what you did, right? Because if somebody saw something in you, Right, that you didn't. Maybe they saw the same thing, but just from 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 a different lens. 
right? And you decided to take that opportunity. And then ever since then, somebody's been tapping you on your shoulder. And this is what I want my students to understand is don't be afraid. You want to create a career that you're so good at it. You're really good at the skill set you have. You're really good at how you translate those skill sets into whatever work is out there that leaders come to you instead of you going to Indeed or, or, or Career Builder or Monster and apply there. So what advice do you give out there for the young folks out there right now who are like, God, I, 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 I've already gone this far into my education, but I don't know if this is what I want to do. What advice would you give them right now? Take the chance. Even if you don't believe in yourself 100%, uh, take the chance. If somebody is telling you uh, or tapping you in the shoulder for a position, it's exactly what you say, Ricky. Some people have sometimes see things that you don't see for whatever bias you have in your head or whatever things that, you know, sometimes goes through your life uh, and you don't believe in yourself or you're not 100% sure. And I was actually in a conference uh, last week in Atlanta a commercial real estate woman conference. It's a national conference that happens every year in different parts of the country. And this lady, uh, one of the speakers says something, and this is especially to females. Um, she was saying, you know, when we look for a job or somebody taps in the shoulder and say, I think you will be great for this uh, role, why you don't go ahead and apply or why you don't interview for the position. Um, she was mentioning the aesthetics to say that let's say the job has 10 requirements. Uh, we females so, tend to go through every single item on, the, on that list and say, okay, I have this one. I have I, num- item number two, item number three, or requirement number four. Number one. And then out of the 10, we females tend to, you know, we have seven check-in and three that we do not have. And we will be the ones who is like, oh, you see, I'm not ready for this. And we will not apply or not interview for the position. When our counterparts, the males, um, will have three of the requirements <laughs> and they will go ahead and apply for their position. That's right. And it, you know, yeah. this, was, this, was, this was an eye opener as a female in this, in, yeah. not in this industry, I think in every industry. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's because we are wired different, because we think different, but, you know, it was a really an eye opener to say, you know, how many times I have done that. Yeah. I have not went through, you know, a bigger role or, 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 you know, I've been blessed with today being a managing director and a commercial, you know, in a commercial banking role in, in, in an industry that is male predominant. And, but I can probably say that, you know, I would have got here sooner if I did not stop myself a lot of times for not taking those roles or those responsibilities because I thought I was not ready. So I think the biggest takeaway is just, you know, if somebody's telling you, are uh, you ready for it or is tapping you in the shoulder to, to go and interview for a role? Uh, believe in yourself and go for it. All right, folks, you guys heard it here. You know, it, it's and, 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 and this is from somebody who's been there and done that. She started or actually uh, her her education was in chemistry, was in the sciences. Somebody saw something in her and said, why don't you start this role? Next thing you know, it put her on a trajectory. Right for being the managing partner right right now of a of a uh, in the commercial banking industry, which which again, before you and I went to lunch, I didn't know what that meant, <laughs> right? And you explained it to me. I'm like, oh, so there's something there. There are other banks above and beyond Fairwinds and and Wells Fargo. I didn't know that, right? I mean, I did, but not to that level. But but it, it, it's that's the piece I wanted to leave everybody with, pause. And I do, I really do appreciate you being here for that. Take that chance, folks. 
Take that chance. If somebody comes to you with an opportunity and you don't know whether you can do that opportunity, you will figure it out, right? I like I like what you said, Paz, how how when a woman looks at those 10 skill set, they, they, they have seven. They don't have three. They're like, oh, I can't do it. And the guy is the opposite. Now, I can only speak for, from a guy's perspective, and you're 100% right. If I'm like, if, if out of 10, I'm like, I got two of those, I'll figure out the rest, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. I really wish more and more people took that risk because, look, at the end of the day, you cannot complain that you never win the lotto if you don't play. Right. You've got to be able to take that risk and you got to be able to 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 put yourself in uncomfortable situations because that's the only way you're going to grow. If you're always stagnant, if you always keep to where everything is calm and nothing is disruptive, you're you're not going to get much return out of that. So that's why I love your story so much, boss. And I really appreciate you being here. That said, how can people reach you? If we have some students out there or some people out there who are like, oh, I, I want to pick her brain, how can they reach you? Uh, you can share my contact information, my cell phone number, my email address. I have mentored uh, people throughout my career, and I continue to do so. And that's one of the things that I love the most uh, to do. Um, Excellent. And especially when, you know, when we were talking and when you see them, you know, becoming an executive or, or getting into the commercial banking role or growing into their career, that is a pride that I feel that it, I don't know how to explain how exciting it is and how fulfilling uh, oh, that is. Excellent. So my cell phone, my email address, you have it. You can share it with anybody and I'm welcome to any phone call or email. I will share it in the show notes. That way everybody knows. Get ready. People might be giving you a call, Pots, and I know you're busy because I've been to your office. By the way, if you haven't seen her office in, in, in Winter <laughs> Park, it is gorgeous. Let me tell you. And I have to go back to that uh that Italian place. Oh man, I'm still full. And that was a month ago. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that dessert pizza, kill it. Oh God. Oh yes. Okay. I got to say this. So Pasta and I, so, so she and I are talking, right? We're just getting to know each other. We have a really good lunch and the chef comes out. Hey, I got a surprise for you guys. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Here is a dessert pizza. It was like, a pie, if you take a pizza, a slice of pizza, and a pie, you put it together, and that comes out. Folks, I did a horrible job explaining it, but it was amazing, all right? <laughs> it was amazing. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to take a picture of it, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on that event alone. So <laughs> so that said, Paz, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and you, it, trust me, we're going to be talking again. Well, we'll be talking and let me know when you're around. We can go for that lunch and that pizza again. Or Punta Cana. We'll see. All right, folks. Have a good one. Or Punta Cana. <laughs> All right. Thank bye. Thank you. Folks, I told you, she is no joke. Went to school to be a, to be in the nuclear field, and somebody tapped her on the shoulder uh, to uh, to be in the banking industry, and that's where her career took her. Again, what I wanted everybody to see is, you know, just because you're putting your mind towards a career, listen to what life tells you. Listen to what the workforce tells you. Sometimes life in general has different plans for you and, and you and you have to be cognizant enough to listen to what it has to say and you'll end up exactly where you need to be for your skill set. I truly, truly believe that. So great example for students today who who have a career path in mind, but sometimes, you know, again, you have to listen to what life tells you and then you go from there. So that said, folks, do not forget also at Biasco Learning, we do 
do have a YouTube channel. Just go over to YouTube and go search for Baezco, B-A-E-Z-C-O. We are working on weekly series, different weekly series talking about different things from HR and leadership. This week, we started talking about sexual harassment investigations divided into five parts. And uh, next week, I'm not going to tell you just yet until Monday comes, we're going to talk about something else. You can either find it on YouTube under Baezco or you can also find it on Instagram, Baezco Learn. Uh, or Biasco Learning, and you can find it on um, TikTok, Ricky the HR Guy, and you'll be able to find all the information there. So, folks, that said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And if there's anything you need, HR-wise, HR consulting, presenting, podcasting, whatever the case may be, go ahead and shoot me an email, ebaez at biasco.com. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Good night.